Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tim is an awesome father. He is a great dad. I remember very clearly one time he and I were talking and he he just interrupted me and he looked at me deep in the eyes and he said, Jay, when my wife was pregnant with our first child, our son, I knew that I was going to love him. But I could never have imagined just how much. So my, my heart has been broken wide open by loving him. Tim and his son John, they got along really well. All throughout elementary school and middle school and, and even high school, all growing up, Tim and John were super close Famously close. And then John went away to college and he got into some stuff, as sometimes happens when people go to college. And then he got in a little more stuff, and a little more stuff, and a little more stuff, until eventually he was facing possible jail time, eviction from his off campus apartment, being kicked out of school. And his health was beginning to suffer. And somehow he had also gotten a hold of his parents' credit cards and run up thousands of dollars in debt. So Tim called his son. And he said, John, here's how this is going to go. I am going to talk, and you are going to listen. And you will not say a word. Because I'm not sure I can bear to hear your voice right now. And when I am done, I'm going to hang up. And you won't say a word. But before I begin, you need to know that I love you. And I have always loved you. And that will never change. And then Tim just Let him have it. He unloaded. For over an hour, he just listed the litany of abuse after constant abuse. All the ways in which John had violated his parents' trust, had disappointed them, had thrown away the gifts that they had given him. He just let him have it. Told him all about all of his terrible choices and all the horrible consequences that they were going to have and how, how angry he was with his son. And after about an hour of that, he was exhausted and he said, okay, I'm going to hang up. But before I do, you need to know, I love you. I have always loved you. And that will never change. This morning, we hear some of the most exquisitely beautiful language in all of the Old Testament. Indeed, in all of Scripture itself. Just gorgeous images of of the the mothering, fathering, parenting love. this, This tenderness and compassion that God has for Israel, for God's child. It is beautiful. It should be 
scrawled on the walls of nurseries. But here's the thing. This morning we read chapter 11 in Hosea, which means if you're doing the math, there's something like, I don't know, 10 chapters or so that came before. And in those 10 chapters of the prophet Hosea, we hear some of the most angry, most fierce, most offensive, almost crude, just sheer wrath, stuff that nobody ever wants to hear. There's a really good reason that the book of Hosea does not appear in any children's Bible that I've ever seen. I mean, some of the images that Hosea uses to describe God's anger at how Israel has departed from God's love, broken God's commandments, severed that, com- that, that covenant, that promise that God has made, it is, it is not appropriate. I mean, I, I am uncomfortable, not just with the anger, but, but, but the images themselves. Go ahead, read it this afternoon if you're into that. But it is, it's some fierce and ugly stuff. And while my discomfort with some of that language and imagery, I think, is, is well-deserved, I also realize that it is a good and right thing for us at times to just shut up and really listen to what God has to say. To really just Shut up and hear the disappointment in God's voice. To hear God's anger at what we have made of this world that God so lovingly crafted and gave to us. Of all the ways in which we have departed from God's abundant grace and love and life given so freely To us, it is good and right at times for us to just listen and hear. And I think that is especially appropriate in weeks like this when when everywhere you look we have seen just the, the depths of humanity's capacity to break covenant with God and with one another to unleash torrents of terror and violence and hate and division and political nonsense, to just unload on one another. In places like Beirut and and Baghdad and Paris and Missouri and Milwaukee, all over the world, we see what happens when we fail to to live in the promises God has made, to see one another as fellow human beings all wrapped up in the same loving promise. And it would be so easy in times like this, in weeks like this, for us to just hold that at arm's length and and to say, you know, that's those folks or that religion or those people and, and, you know, that's that corner of the world where things are so messed up. And that's that's not me. We're better than that. But folks, if, if we think we are not implicated, involved, and yes, responsible for the ways in which creation is spinning out of control, 
then we need to shut up and listen. For indeed, this is our family, our kids, our story. And we should be ashamed of ourselves. I mean, when I am honest with myself about all of the ways in which I have failed to be who God has called me to be, to, to be present to my neighbor in sheer love and compassion, God has every right to just hang up and walk away. So sometimes it's good, not comfortable, but good, to listen. And then, keep listening. Because if you keep listening, then eventually you will also hear. You will hear how God looks again at this little green and blue marble hanging in the infinite expanse of space. This, this beautiful but broken creation. This, this lovely but devastated human family. And God sees not the brokenness, not the ugliness, not the violence, not the terror, not the, the fear, not the rebellious teenager who can't possibly do what they know they ought to do. But God sees a child. God's child. God sees this this beautiful child that, that grew in God's own belly for nine months, nine generations, nine millennia. God remembers what it was to to lift that child up and, and feel its cheek pressed to God's own cheek. That's that, that deep sensory memory that God has of that, that fragile, unblemished, soft as soft can be baby infant skin and the breath of a child on God's own cheek. God remembers what it is to bend down and feed us with God's own body. To nurse and nourish and encourage us into life. God remembers. I mean, read it again. It's so beautiful. God has this this phantom sense of a tiny little hand wrapped around God's big finger as God taught Ephraim, taught you, taught me how to walk, how to stand up on your own two feet, how to live, and how to move. And God sees you, sees us, sees this broken but beautiful human family, and God's heart breaks wide open in tenderness and compassion. How could I ever give you up? How could I ever walk away? I will not come in wrath and anger. Enough. Enough. For you belong to me. It's as if when God had this idea of bringing 
the world and us into being. God knew that God would love us. But I wonder if God could ever have imagined just how much. That, friends, is what grace is. Right? Grace is when you should be dead. Grace is when you don't deserve to hear words of love and mercy. Grace is when you, you sit and stew in the shame and guilt of all the ways in which you have broken covenant with partners, with children, with parents, with neighbors near and far. And God has every right to just let us have it, hang up, and walk away. But then, God sees you and the child that you are and will always be and bends down to feed you once again. About a week and a half after Tim hung up on his son, he drove across the country and he rented a U-Haul and he parked it in front of his son's apartment and he sat on the stoop and waited for him to come home. And when he looked up and he saw John walking up the sidewalk, his heart just broke wide open again. And he stood up and he spread his arms out wide and he wrapped him up in a fierce embrace almost as if by sheer force of will he could somehow somehow piece back together that which had been broken. And he held him cheek to cheek as he had when John was just a baby. And their tears mingled together on their cheeks. And after what seemed like forever, Tim said, Son, Pack your bags. We're going home. That we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get through this. But right now, you need your mama. You need your papa. And for some reason, we need you. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees each and every child of this beautiful but broken family as one whom God needs to hold on to. And this is the God whose abundant grace, life, and mercy meet us in this place each and every time we gather. This is the God who birthed us in those waters. This is the God who bends down to feed us with God's own body and blood week after week after week, to reconnect that tender cord of tenderness and compassion, that rich human love with which God so dearly loves the whole world. And so, friends, rest in this gift of a God who has every reason to give up but instead a God who will go to every possible length to find you, to hold you, 
and to bring you and all of this human family back home. And thanks be to God for that. Amen.